we're going to be chatting with um, Paco Underhill right now. Now, Paco is an author, and much more than that. His latest book is How We Eat, The Brave New World of Food and Drink. Um, Paco, thank you so much for joining us this morning. I really appreciate your time. Thank you for thank you for having me. Um, before we get started, on we're going to be talking about the changing face of supermarkets and things like that, but I want to talk about just some of the information you passed along in the piece that you recently did in Globe and Mail about how, I mean, when we go grocery shopping, Paco, we're being manipulated, essentially, from the time we walk through the door, right? Nothing is left to chance. Everything in, in organized retail is where it is for a purpose, which is to hold us longer and to see if they can get more money out of our pockets. So let's just go and through... That's the, that is the premise of organized retail, whether you're at grocery, you're at drug, you're at fashion, or you're at your local gas gas station. And this is all studied and it's all calculated and they know what works and what doesn't. Some of the things you mentioned, um, like dairy has to be in the corner, the back corner of the store farthest from the front door, right? Historically, when we invented the grocery store in the 1930s, the dairy, the dairy case was the farthest refrigerated case away from the front door. The premise being is that a remarkable number of people walk in the door looking to buy some form of milk. Yeah. And this way we get them to the back of the store. It, it's, it's, I mean, give us your top three. What are the top three universal truths in supermarket design that maybe we're not aware of, but we'll, we, like when you mentioned the dairy and I thought about every grocery store I've been in, I was right. Yeah, absolutely. That's how it's laid out. What are the top three universal well, truths of a supermarket? Okay, let's, let's, let's just start with a couple of things. First of all, part of what grocery does is to see if they can turn on our senses. The reason why you walk in the door and smell the bakery or you smell flowers is to is to get your uh, saliva glands working. Those of us who smell good smells tend to buy more. Those of us who sample, uh, when somebody gives us a little something, yeah. it isn't that they're trying to get us to buy what we've sampled. It's that knowing that people who sample their average purchase at the register tends to be higher. Um, we know that produce tends to be theatrically lit. It looks better sitting in the produce department than it will ever look at your, <laughs> at, at your home. Very true. Um, part of what we know also is that uh, they know that many moms have to go shopping with their kids and there's a wine factor, um, and that their stuff put at a deliberate height for your kids to see, for them to advocate for. And, I mean, like, to the location on the shelf, so, I mean, you've got the wine category, you've also got, you know, do, do companies actually pay premiums to be at eye level? Is there really something to top shelf? Does, is that a thing? Um, there is something called slotting slotting fees, which is where most organized groceries actually make most of their money, wow. which is that the food manufacturers pay for a specific location on the shelf. So generally, if you want to shop for bargains, either look up or look down. 
<laughs> don't look where they uh, is easiest. Now, what? how has the pandemic changed this, Paco? I mean, I know a lot of people, and even in my own house, we didn't go to the grocery store as much. We did some of the online shopping or, you know, uh, the delivery or the pickup or things like that. So is there has there been enough of a change in our shopping habits to force supermarkets to change what they do? Well, I think part of what the pandemic has done is to accelerate a series of changes that were already happening. Okay. Uh, part of what we know, for example, is that the number of homes in North America where the woman is the dominant bread earner goes up with each passing month. So part of what we're looking at is supermarkets that historically were owned by men, designed by men, managed by men, and yet the female was the dominant shopper, part of what we're having to ask the question is what makes something female-friendly? Part of what we know is that your wife is desperately trying to look after your kids, look after you, look after the home, Mm -hmm. and also to do a significant part of the household shopping. Can order online and pick up at the store be streamlined? The answer is unequivocally yes. It can be streamlined both from the standpoint of the customer, but also from the stand standpoint of the grocer. How so? What can they do? I mean, how can they? It's pretty easy as it is, Paco, for us anyway. You know something? It could be a lot easier. <laughs> Some of it is just thinking about the conceptual distance between the truck bay in the back of the store and the trunk of your car. Is there something that we could do to, uh, you know, put a pickup point at the far end of the parking parking lot where you simply drove through and it was loaded in the back of your car? And therefore, the labor cost wasn't one person coming out a side door rolling that basket to you personally, but somebody bringing a truckload of stuff out to a place where one person puts it in the back of your car. And is there something that we could learn from the evolution of fast food drive through The answer is yes. Hmm. Is, is, is there a way that we could manage the parking lot better? The answer is also yes. What about if you're a supermarket chain or a supermarket manager, is there resistance to do this because they've got a pretty good thing going, or is there benefit to them too? There is a benefit to them. Part of what we have to recognize is that the cutting edge of supermarket design left North America a long time ago. Really? If you go to Mexico, you go to Brazil, or you go to Dubai, part of what has happened is people have come, looked at Toronto, at New York, at California, and gone back to their own countries and reinvented. But if I ask a a typical supermarket executive at Loblaws, when was the last time you, you went to a modern supermarket in Mexico City? They answer, never. Yeah. What are you seeing in those other locations? What are they doing differently? What are the advancements that they've put in? Well, some of it is how do you do signage? How do you use the floor of the super supermarket to better educate? Um, is there a way to be able to help people get in and get out faster? And the answer to all of those questions is yes. For example, 
I was in a Mexican supermarket that was designed to be forklift friendly. Okay. Meaning that a forklift truck could come out during off hours, put an end cap or shelving unit, move it to a back room where a team got to restock it and it got moved back out on the floor. And the number of hours it took to restock a shelf was down considerably. I was in a South American chain where, based on their customer surveys, they realized that if they moved cleaning of the store from strictly off hours to all during the day, that their cleanliness uh, report card would get better because people would see it happening. Ah, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Doesn't it? Also, how do I do visual merchandising in a way that is uh, helps people understand the connection between things? So that I have a display that has bread, cheese, and wine on it. Yeah. I have, I go into a beer section and their signage, which tells you what kind of beer goes better with what kinds of foods. All of us know in the wine category, I drink red wine with this, yes, I yeah. drink white wine with that. But how many of us know what do I do with a lager versus an IPA? True, true. A um, couple of questions from listeners, Paco. We're, we're always told, I mean, there's different choices around the outside of a supermarket. And if you think about it, that's produce, fresh meats, dairy, and bakery right. typically. Why is that kind of, why is it set up the way that it is? Well, it's, you know, based on the 1930s um, use of refrigerated cases and uh, electrical outlets. In okay. 2022, the i uh, the idea that I can put cereal, yogurt, and blueberries all in the same place makes an enormous amount of sense, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Um, one of the points you made in your in your piece, and I found it interesting, is they know that we shop basically on three levels. There's our list, what should have been on our list, and then the impulse stuff. Walk us through that. I mean, how important is that to the way that the supermarket's built? Well, if you if you think of your local, you know, Loblaws or Sobeys or Walmart or Target, you walk into the grocery section and there's a huge power display, okay, of carbonated beverages. Always. Is that there for me to buy carbonated beverages off of, or is it for me to consider should carbonated beverages have been on my list today? You know, the example that I give is my kids are coming back from um, winter vacation. Do I want them drinking beer or would I rather have them drink Diet Pepsi? Right. Um, you know, part of what we know is, is is that people recognize what our sight lines are and they recognize that, that old, very provocative line in French that says, je vous propose. And I walk past it, and I keep thinking about it. It just plants that seed, and gets you thinking. That plant that seed, it gets you thinking. Absolutely right. Interesting and, and, and helpful. Good information to have. Paco, I can't thank you enough for your time. We'll have to do this again and go through more of this stuff. I really you know, appreciate it. Part, part of the reason why I wrote this book is to help people get 
to a healthier version of themselves and to a healthier version of the planet. It's a funny, uh, anecdotal book that will help change your prescription on how you see food and beverages. It really does. It absolutely does. Paco, thank you so much. I can't thank you enough for your time. Appreciate it. All right, guys. That's Paco Underhill, author. His latest book is How We Eat, The Brave New World of Food and Drink.